Yeah, shout out to the library and everyone who works at the Inspiration Lab because you guys kick ass. Yeah, you're super cool. First, because you always have cool shirts. And second, because we were like, what's happening here? And you didn't figure it out, but you fixed it. Yeah. (laughs) And you validated us in the process. Yeah. So. Yeah, because we were also like, oh, maybe we should restart it. But then we were like, let's ask for help first. (laughs) And then you did the same stuff we did. And then you're like, I think we should restart it. Yeah. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I love the library. It's a good place here. If you guys are thinking of starting a podcast or whatever, I definitely suggest. Not starting a podcast. Well, yeah. Get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we both have jobs and we also have a podcast. Uh, But we both also acknowledge that podcasts are exclusively for the unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, I guess when we started this, I was unemployed. (laughs) And soon you may be unemployed. So. The bunking, bunking, 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 the bunking. Oh, and I forgot. Yeah, but that's your tummy. That was my tummy. It sounded like a wolf. That's because I ate one. Oh, you ate a tiny wolf. I ate Dave Navarro. Ah, we should also acknowledge that. Um, so in the Lady Hawk episode, I cut out. A good, like, five minutes where Melissa and I were joking about how Dave Navarro for sure looks like a misogynist and a woman beater. And then I looked up Dave Navarro later, and it turns out that his mother was murdered, and he's devoted a good amount of his platform to, like, consciousness raising around domestic violence. Yeah. So, like, you didn't hear us saying, like, maybe this guy looks a certain way. Uh, but we still wanted to put out there because you could probably tell by the way we were talking about it. We were insinuating. I did call him. I did call him nasty like eight times in a row, and yeah. he is. But he's also seems pretty chill. So yeah, sorry, but, Dave Navarro. <laughs> I know you listened to this, and yeah. I know you were kind of upset. Although I feel like nasty might be a compliment for him. I, That's I what think he's going for Dave Navarro for sure cultivates a nasty brand. Yeah. Oh, I saw, if I may, a guy. In a full trench coat and like detective person hat. Oh no. On the train reading a book, but he had Converse on. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that made me fucking lose it. I almost laughed in his face. <laughs> it, like it was just like a whole detective look and then like bright red Converse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be a little ridiculous if you're listening, if you're listening trench coat Converse person. Also, he was like 50. Oh, yeah. I assumed he was like 20. No, no, no. He was like 50. Oh, I'm one of those like really stringy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wiry dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that you knew that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen too much SkyTrain stuff, but tell you about the dogs I saw. Oh, yes, please. So yesterday I was crossing the street and this car was making a right-hand turn and there was this big fluffy white dog in it with a big head and you know that dog went boof yes like not at me but you know that's the noise that dog makes <laughs> boof, boof. <laughs> it was so close that i was like should i reach out and pet this dog and i'm like no that's a moving car and also that dog's not gonna appreciate you sticking your hand through a car window Fair. yeah <laughs> um the other day i was coming home from the studio i believe and i passed by three different dogs oh I forget what the first one was but it was also good and then the second one was a wiener dog on somebody's lap oh my god (laughs) and 
Oh, the third one was a big guy, and I can't remember what kind, but it was just like the best, like three in a row. I think it was another big, fluffy white one. Mm. Yeah, oh, and it had pretty eyes. Yeah, but it's just like three in a row good dogs. And I was like, what? <laughs> what have I done to deserve this? Just um, a little a little gift yeah. from the world to you. I've seen a few really good wiener dogs lately, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> I saw a big fat chihuahua, which is the, a first for me. I've never seen that before. Oh, it was thrilling. I love I love chubby dogs. I love chihuahuas. I've. I do feel bad when they're yeah. so big and it's hard, like, especially smaller dogs because their legs are so hard to move then. But. Yeah. This little buddy could have been pregnant. I'm not sure. But. Like when I saw that pregnant greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> I saw just three greyhounds, but one was fat. Yeah. Maybe it was pregnant. <laughs> I'm excited about that Torrid opening. Yes. Because I just finished ordering a bunch of stuff from Torrid. And then they were like, hey, guess what? There's one opening not in my city, but in the city I work in. And I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I might go bring that cat shirt back. because, like, I don't know why. It's like the right style for me, honestly, like the fit and everything. And it's maybe a bit tight in the arms, but not bad or anything. Mm. Does it remind you too much of my work? Of your work? Cats and sunglasses? Not my, not my artistic work. I mean, my job. Oh, The job that maybe. you briefly worked at. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But I was like, if it's cat heads, which I thought is what it was, I'm like, cool, really good. But these cat heads are wearing horn-trimmed glasses, and for some reason that pushes it over the edge into something I don't want to wear. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I get it. It's a a completely different statement at that point. Mm. Just some uh, quick fashion tips for you from the I Forgot cast. What your cats are wearing on your shirt says a lot about you. Yes. Birthday hats, cool. Glasses, fine. Yeah. Bow ties, no thanks. No. Get your bow ties out of here. And like horn trim glasses is like okay, but if they're wearing those big, like the hipster block glasses type thing, it's like it's played out. Yeah. This cat is this cat is years behind. If they're wearing big seventies dad glasses, that's cool again. Yeah. That's looped right back around to cool. Yeah, also if they're wearing those teeny tiny circle glasses. Pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any any news? I wrote down a bunch of stuff that I thought we should talk about. Dave Novaro's on there. I wrote down the word cats and I of course Oh, the movie. So <laughs> I feel like we should probably address this as a movie podcast of sorts. I specifically did not watch the trailer because I knew I would be upset. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing. I've seen parts of it, and I was upset, and did not turn the sound on. Taylor Swift on is in it, apparently. Oh. I don't remember that. I don't know if she's in the trailer, but she's in the movie. You'd think they'd put her in the trailer. I can't tell who's who in a movie where it's like part of your face, and then it's blended into a cat suit. Yeah, I would so much prefer if the costumes had no CG element at all if it was just like the cat's costumes that would be fine yeah or if it was all cg if you went full lion king that would also be fine but the middle ground is the most disturbing option they picked the most upsetting thing they could have i feel like maybe cat in the hat but you gotta do something a bit more with the face you're saying cat in the hat would look better like that i think so i think like a human face with like Human that's what's body the, that's the problem with oh a human body with a cat face. 
Well, no, I'm like, because it's like human. Yeah. Like his is like cat enough, still very human like, but then his face is moved a little bit. So it's more cat like, whereas their faces, I feel, are still very much human. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I'll say, um, just counterpoint, is that the cat in a hat is deeply disturbing, absolute nightmare fuel. Yeah, I don't disagree, but you think that <laughs> I cats, don't want nine of them. You think that cats are less nightmare? No, they're all nightmare fuel. I just don't think it would be improved by. Well, agree to disagree. Right. I feel like I would be like, this is weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was 12 again, I would have nightmares for sure, because that's when the Grinch came out, and I was like, that's not what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I, I mostly wanted to bring it up because we. Talked about Top Gun, first episode. Oh, yeah. And now we're experiencing our first something we talked about is now in the news. Yeah. Although I guess Jennifer Beals was our first. Or Jessica Beale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we mentioned Jessica Beale once and then we called Jennifer Beals Jessica the rest of yeah. the episode. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that our podcast is magic and we're like manifesting things in the world. So we should be more careful what we talk about and protect Dave Navarro. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if Dave Navarro needs protecting. No. I think he's fine. He's licked enough guitars to have superpowers at this point. Oh, yeah. But yeah, if you guys didn't hear, Top Gun's getting a sequel and it still looks like a lot of military propaganda. Mm-hmm. And there's no Kenny Loggins. What the hell? As far as we can tell... That was the weirdest thing to take out. Yeah. But I do like how uh, Tom Cruise is at um, a risk of being replaced by a drone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you're getting older. We might put a computer in your place. <laughs> might take all that data we gathered from you and plug it into this computer and be like, try your best. <laughs> um, then there's no feelings. There's no emotions when you... When you kill a bunch of people. Yeah. Because the computer did it. Anyway, I feel like we might watch that and do, do yeah. a podcast about it. Yell. Just scream. Just, it wasn't. I, I'm i going to predict it right now. I don't think it's going to be very good. No. I don't think we're going to enjoy it. No, I think we are going to enjoy it. There was like that brief sliver of a volleyball scene in the trailer. I think but, we'll enjoy that. Playing with the boys. But. Yeah. Yeah, what can you do? People make movies based on your podcast, and you just have to accept that and move on. I don't feel like we could sue them. We've they never talked about money. that movie that is based on our podcast, have we? No. Do you remember the movie called I Forgot? That's about... I sent you the... It was like the week after we recorded our first episode. Yeah, was that an actual movie? Out. That's I a, thought that was a joke. Oh, maybe it is, but I think it was a real movie. <laughs> Should we we'll link maybe shut it. the fuck up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Barbara. My name is Melissa. You're listening to? I, I forgot. forgot. What did you forget this week? This week, I forgot. Oh, that says Isidore Bonjour. <laughs> Stir crazy. Yeah. This is a Gene Wilder, who I might call Gene Kelly. I had no problem last night, but this morning I just keep thinking Gene Kelly. All right. And Richard Pryor. And it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah. But it's two hours long. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like all of their 
movies? I feel like um, the other one that I've watched is Blazing Saddles. I feel like that's also a long movie, is it not? Maybe. I don't know. This is a Sidney Poitier directed it. Yeah. I assume it's the, I assume it's the same director and same cast every oh, time. Yeah, I don't know. No, Blazing Saddles is Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long that is. I also don't know if Richard Pryor's in it. Yeah, it is. It's okay. Yeah. It's been a long time since I watched it, so I'm like, maybe. Richard Pryor also looks... Oh, sorry. I thought you meant in this movie. Oh, in this movie, <laughs> I, I know. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I know for sure he's in this movie. Oh, yeah, I don't, uh, know. I don't think it's Richard Pryor. Okay. In Blazing Saddles, but it is... Uh, I just Gene assumed... Wilder. I just assumed they were in every movie together. Yeah. <laughs> except for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I just, uh, just a bit... Just, just a bit at the beginning... Uh, to say, like, definitely there is some racism in here, and definitely there's a big chunk of sexism. So right. just keep that in mind. It's from 1980. Yeah. Which is when the year movie switched over to being bad again, so. Yeah, it was, like, it was a good movie, and I feel like um could have been much worse, but there's also, like, a scene at the beginning where they're doing, like, someone singing a song about how much they like New York. I think it's Gene Wilder singing the song uh and it's just showing shitty things mostly happening to women like this guy's trying to hail a cab and then this woman's behind them and hails the cab and the cab goes to her and she gets in and the guy runs up and opens the door and like gets in and like yells at her and she gets out all angry like he essentially like forces her out of the cab and it's like yeah tough shit guy like what is this supposed to be ironic, like he's singing about how wonderful yeah, yeah, New York yeah. is? And okay, yeah. but yeah, all of the bad things are happening to women. Well, a couple that one, and then this woman is walking, and she gets her high heel stuck in a grate, and she tries to pull it out, and this guy's like, "Oh, I'll help," and like grabs her leg, and then grabs higher on his leg, on her leg, and then goes right up to her vagina. Cool, cool. She knocks him out, so I mean, at least there's that. Yeah. But um, there's another scene, uh, Gene, Gene Wilder is like like a secret shopper slash security for this store, and this girl's in there shoplifting, um, although not really, and he's coming up to her, and he's like, hey, can I talk to you? And she's like, get away from me because, like, this random guy's talking to her. And he's like, no, I know you're an actress and blah, blah, blah. You auditioned for my play. You did a scene. Uh, you read for Juliet or something like that. And she's like, still, like, get away from me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to talk to you. Anyway, it's just a lot of that. So montage opening. And then it goes to this, like, fancy, I guess it's a lunch party, early dinner party. Like, older people, and Richard Pryor is the waiter. He's all done up in, like, a, I guess, like, a waiter tux. Okay. One of those. <laughs> you know what? You know, is. like, when you see a caterer in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's, like, you know, refilling everyone's wine and whatever, and, like, several people are like, you know, I love this salad. Could I get, like, a little bit more? And he's like, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, like, a bunch of people order more, and he's like, all right. And the the hostess or whatever is like, tell Sissy she's doing an amazing job. This is the best salad. Could I get, like, a little (laughs) bit more? And he goes back there. No one has ever said that about a salad, by the way. No. That was was our first clue that maybe something's off. Um, He's helping them out, cuts to the kitchen, and Sissy is tasting something. And she takes a sip of the 
I guess sauce or whatever and she's like you know this needs more oregano and the her helper's like well, I've already put like a bunch in and she's like just like a, a titch more sort of thing she so the other person goes to grab the oregano and she's like that's not my oregano where'd you get that she's like oh from your bag and she's like that's oh, not no. my bag that's the waiter's bag <laughs> <laughs> oh Richard and she smells it and she's like oregano and then Richard Pryor comes back and she's like what is this oh <laughs> and no he's like that's private <laughs> <laughs> it's like half gone so they get in this thing like he's yelling about how this was like expensive I forget what he keeps calling it but it's like a funny funny word to hear people say over and over mm. um, you know he's like this was expensive and like my girlfriend was gonna have sex with me special for this or whatever <laughs> and they're like we put it in all the food <laughs> uh, just a fun fact for those thinking about trying that at home uh, any food that you want to add weed to is gonna have like a high fat component otherwise you're not gonna get high off it thank you oh so don't put it in your salad yeah don't put it in salad it's not gonna do anything you put it in salad dressing actually probably it could be particularly creamy or buttery salad dressing oily did yeah yeah so he goes back everyone's having a real good time at the party this priest is getting hit on by this beautiful woman he's sitting next to Mm. (laughs) and he doesn't really understand what's happening (laughs) and then this cuts to the scene where gene wilder is bothering that woman and then it cuts to uh richard Pryor sitting in a bar gene wilder comes in and they sit together and gene wilder's like yo the most amazing thing happened today and richard Pryor's like yeah same here (laughs) And it turns out they both got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Fun. And Gene Wilder's like, we can finally move out of the city. And Richard Pryor's like, I don't want to. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Richard Pryor's a struggling actor, and Gene Wilder is a struggling um, playwright. So they're, like, not doing good. And Gene's like, we should move to L.A. That's where we should be. Everything will go much smoother for us there. And eventually convinces Richard Pryor, but first there's a fight happening. And it's like this old... Hey. What? I was just thinking, like, you're... If it's 1980, it's irresponsible to coerce your black friend into moving into to L.A. This is a little bit of a spoiler. They don't quite make it to L.A. Okay. They make it to the Midwest. <laughs> it seems like... what What's your problem, Gene Wilder? You're on well, my shit list now. <laughs> doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of racism in this world. Okay. In this TV world. All right. Is L.A. bad? Like, 19- anti-black? 80 was, like, leading up to the race riots, right? In the 90s, but, like, it was... A- I don't doubt it. I don't know a lot of history. I don't either, and honestly, like, most of the history for L.A. in the 90s comes from, like, my knowledge of hardcore in the 90s. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't think any place would have been a great place to move, to be honest. But I think Gene Wilder was just like, this city is stifling me. Um, I'm an artiste. I'm an artiste. He's a bit of a goof and it's fun. (laughs) Uh, So this old, like, obviously quite wealthy white man comes in, uh, looking all like, and you all know what means. Um, This cabbie comes in behind him and is like, hey, you owe me money for that ride. And he's like, well, I gave you some. And he's like, you gave me a buck. And you, you owe me like 10 or something like that. And he's like, no. 
and fighting. And then they start fighting. And Gene Wilder's like, you know what? Those two people just need someone to come over there and just like calmly talk this out. And they're fighting. And Richard Pryor's like, yeah, well, why don't you go do that? And eventually he's like, yeah, I will. And Richard Pryor's like, no, don't go over there. <laughs> anyway, so Gene Wilder goes over. But this is after the white guy has knocked the cabbie down. And the cabbie has found a pair of pliers. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gets back up and uh, gets the pliers around <laughs> the white guy's genitals in some capacity. Okay. So he now has the upper hand. I Yeah. Uh, but... Gene Wilder doesn't see this and comes over and tries to talk them through it. And they're very agreeable, <laughs> especially the fellow with the fires on his dick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they figure it out. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. Should become a mediator. Yeah. Uh, well, he tries a couple more times. I think that cinches it for them. They're going to move. They're going to move to L.A. Okay. They There's no get- violence there. No. They get in their old Dodge van slash bus, like one just teeny tiny one, and they're on the road, and they get partway there, and their car starts, it starts smoking, and it's bad, and they go to a repair shop, and it costs $150 to repair it. No. And they're like, this is eating into our funds, and Gene Wilder's like, I do think this is a bit too expensive. (laughs) So Chi Jin Chang show up, they're like, please take our weed van. Yeah. Okay, good. We think you need... To make it to LA. <laughs> we can sense that something bad may happen to you if you stay here. <laughs> Heard what happened to you at work, man. Here's some more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they go into this bar for a bit. And they're having a drink. And you see two cowboys hitting one of those punching bags. One of those, like, little ones that you punch really fast. Why cowboys? Why are they there? Why are they cowboys? Oh, because they're in the Midwest. Everyone's a cowboy. Oh, okay. Right? Are it's they all Midwest, wearing cowboy right? hats? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they're punching this thing and Gene Wilder's like, you know, writing notes down for his next play. And he's like, I just want to talk to them, like get a feel, see if I can pick up some of their like behaviors and stuff like that. And Richard Pryor's like, that's a bad idea. And Gene Wilder's like, no, no. And goes over and tries to talk to them. And he's like, could I have a try? And starts punching it. (laughs) Sort of like kitty cat. Yeah. (laughs) Is Gene Wilder supposed to be gay in this? Uh, no, they're both supposed to be straight, but they're definitely in a committed relationship. Yeah, like that sounds. Yeah, even if they're not dating each other, this sounds like it's supposed to be a story about like two marginalized people traveling through the states yeah. or something. Um, two people who don't quite fit. Well, nineteen eighties construction of masculinity. Yeah, for sure. I do think Gene Wilder is Jewish. Correct me if I'm wrong, or at least his character seems like maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't so know either. Sounds right. Let's go with it. Yeah. Um, we'll look it up later. Yeah. Cut this out if he's not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's punching it with his little kitty cat paws and yeah, the bigger of the two guys gets mad, pushes him out of the way and then punches the punching bag off the hinges and like into the door to signal that maybe they did not want Gene Wilder to come over and try to befriend them. Oh. Gene Wilder's like, okay, I'm just going to take off it. I don't remember how much time passes, but they know they're going to have to stay there for a bit, get a bit of money before they head on the road. And uh, Richard Pryor has no luck. And Gene Wilder's like, well, I had like one thing come up. And so he's like, so what was that thing? And he's like, banking. He's like, we don't know anything about banking. (laughs) And he's like, that's the beauty. We don't have to. (laughs) I convinced the uh, 
the manager uh, uh, to try out this new advertising campaign. And it cuts to them in big bird costumes singing a song about woodpeckers and saving money in, like, a crowded bank. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I just want to point, I don't know what kind of woodpecker they're supposed to be, but they're, like, blue and yellow. Oh, that was the first fact um, I had for you from this. Woodpeckers are not a real animal. Oh. So they were created for Woody the Woodpecker. Like, that's when that first became a thing but this was supposed to be the next step in the conspiracy of like convincing people that woodpeckers were real oh yeah i've always believed in them i mean they're as real as unicorns or narwhals anyway well okay we'll process as we go (laughs) it's a pretty good song gene wilder singing richard Pryor sort of mumbling along can you give us a taste um, no, I don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a quote from Florida. Anyway, they finish. Everyone loves it. And they're like, oh, cool. So they're out taking a break, having some lunch, um, sitting outside. But then you see uh, they're ogling women as well. So gross, guys. Yeah. Uh, you see someone grabbing the bird mask, but they have a tattoo on their hand and you're like neither of them have a tattoo and then you see the they're singing and dancing again in the bird costumes but you're like that's not gene wilder's voice (laughs) and they're not doing like a great job they're doing okay and then in the middle of the song they hit the guard and they bring out guns so now the birds have guns oh my god and they rob the bank and then they steal um gene wilder and richard pryor's van Honestly, good scam, though. Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> first first of all, really weird to have masked birds yeah. people <laughs> in your bank. Yeah. So because they were the ones in the bird costumes, like they're taught, like all the cops and stuff are around and they're talking to the bank people and they're like, we'll get you to come down to the station. You can try to identify them or like we'll do a sketch artist and Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor are outside, and Gene starts walking towards, and Richard Pryor's like, what are what are you doing? He's like, well, they might need help. And then he goes up, and he's like, is there anything we can help with? And the bank manager's like, that's them! <laughs> yeah, so they get sent to jail. Mm. And uh, if they try to act tough as they're going in, and Richard Pryor's like trying to teach Gene Wilder how to walk <laughs> as they walk towards it. And then they get in, and I forget what they're saying, but they're just like, uh, this is like talking nonsense but they're also just like standing at the front going we we don't take no shit we don't take no shit (laughs) (laughs) and they get in a little scuffle but it turns out nobody there really cares who they are yeah oh yeah gene kelly is trying to do a bunch of like fakey karate which comes by a few times so there's it's weirdly um weirdly racist against like asia in general (laughs) the whole movie yeah what not what happened in the 80s specifically that that became the fashionable racism? I don't know if it's just because, like, more of their culture became available. Like, that's maybe when karate movies and stuff started yeah, coming it's by. Like, Japanese especially. Yeah. Was this weird, like, fetishization shit in the 80s. I don't. Yeah, I I can't claim to know. Not that it's any better now, but, like. Yeah, but it's weird to see it sort of just pop up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like an overt thing, but there's definitely like a few different times where it's like, hey, guys, that's not cool. 
Yeah, everyone is smoking in the jail as well. Mm. Everyone has cigarettes. Everyone has, like, everything. Like, Richard Pryor still has his belt on. And I'm like, that would not fly today. (laughs) And their lawyer comes and he's like, you know, like, we're trying to figure out how to say, like, you weren't there. And I'm like, I get that this is a tough state. And they're like, he's saying, you know, there's not a lot of chance you're getting out because, like, there's eyewitnesses saying you were there, but they were wearing masks and, like, stuff like that. So I'm like, I don't feel like that's enough for a conviction. No. At least not now, but I think because of the state they were in, um, like the like the United State. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, it's unlikely you're going to get out of this scot-free. And they didn't. They got 125 years. And Gene Wilder's like, what's that in real people years? And he's like, 30 max. <laughs> they're like, cool. <laughs> Pretty good. And so they take turns freaking out a little. Also, the prison uniform is a Canadian tuxedo, which is hilarious. It's all denim? Yeah. Why? I don't know. But it's like jeans for sure. And they all have jean jackets. And some of them even have like denim shirts. Okay. That's interesting. It's pretty good. Oh, uh, another fact for you. Abolish prisons. Yeah. Abolish the police. Yeah. Also abolish abolish rich people. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Make them explode. Put them all in the microwave. They're getting led into their cells and they're like both coming at different times to realizations that that's what's happening. Sorry. Peep fight the rich. Thank you. Go on. Peep fight? Yeah. When you put two peeps in the microwave. Oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty good. They're coming to the realization as they're being led into their cell that they're going to jail and they both have weird little fits and Gene Wilder like knocks the baton out of a cop's hand and then jumps on his back and tells him to ride it like he's like, go like he's pretending he's a horse and then he gets off and he's like that man thinks he's a horse <laughs> this movie sounds good sometimes yeah Gene Wilder keeps like this one guard the one that he jumped on before this was like just being really mean and like vindictive and Gene Wilder kept being like you know I had a bully once in summer camp and I hit him so hard he he had to go home early <laughs> just trying to like tell him to stop bullying him but it's like you have no power no. here that guard can do whatever he wants and then they eventually get in the prison cell and I mean like jail is bad and but like jail in the 80s at least if this is depicting it in any way accurately was a nightmare like those cells were like two people in there you could barely both stand up at the same time mm. and they're a little like um what's it solitary like a box yeah in the middle of a field oh i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i mean you shouldn't cage people in any capacity no but also this was like the worst <laughs> <laughs> although with the the cop riding Scene, I can see why you thought this was made by the same person that did Blazing, Blazing Saddles. It seems like goofy in the same way, but yeah. maybe that's just Gene Wilder. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay, and then they're eating lunch, and it turns out the kingpin also is there. And Gene Wilder does the same thing where he's like, you know what? No one's just ever gone over there and had like a conversation with him. Goes to say hi, and kingpin gets up and like goes, ah, and he runs off. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, because as he as Kingpin's coming in, like people are moving away from the table, and like he's coming over to grab salt, and people are like running off because he's like a huge guy. And also the rumor, and I don't know how true this is, rumor is he killed his whole family in one day, and then the next day went and killed all his like extended family. Oh my. Which could be true, I don't know, but it sort of seems like a lot of people in here don't, maybe aren't in here for the best reasons. Yeah. Uh, two things I just want to say that I've noticed about Gene Wilder in this movie. For sure has ADD, mm. but what he also has is unshakable confidence. Oh, yes. I love most of us after being accosted by cowboys would not then approach the biggest guy in prison. Let's <laughs> be friends. To, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's very confident. <laughs> Um, I forgot to mention, as they're being led into the jail, they meet two of their friends, forget both of their names, but one, can't, the one fellow tells us why he's in there, why he's in there right away, I can't remember why. All right. And then the, uh, the other fellow, you'll be happy to know, is uh, an effeminate gay man who hits on Richard Pryor the whole time and makes him very uncomfortable, but they become good friends. Okay. So I'm like, I don't exactly like how this is going down but also this person seems to have at least a little bit going on in their life yeah it wasn't just like a throwaway joke that's good at least yeah. isn't it sad isn't it just like a i'll take it yeah yeah you find out later that <laughs> this fellow killed his stepdad and he's like why'd you do that and he goes for making for making fun of my fur new fur coat and then he's like, and for slapping my hand, because Richard Pryor just slapped his hand away from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit gross the whole way, but it's also like, this guy is, nobody messes with him, because mm. they're all weirded out by him. It's like, I make people uneasy for some reason. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, no, that's usually how it happens. Yeah. What? <laughs> Being gay is a superpower. Yeah. So, so he doesn't make friends with a kingpin. And about... They're all in line to meet the warden, because I guess all the new inmates meet the warden after about three months. And Gene Wilder's, like, made a list of things to improve. <laughs> and Richard Pryor the whole time is just like, what? Like, the whole time they're in jail is like, do you have any idea where you are? <laughs> and they come in at the same time to meet the warden, and they're, like, chatting and, you know, have it talking. And Gene Wilder's, like, Totally fine, just being like, this is a normal conversation. I have some, like, a list of things that it would be great if we could look into, maybe make life a bit better around here. And Richard Pryor's just, like, super nervous and doesn't know what he's doing. So, like, uh, <laughs> mm. um, one of the things Gene Wilder suggests is uh, bigger rooms. Okay. The warden and his, like, I don't know, head guard. And the head guard is the coach from the show Coach. I guess. Okay. What? I don't. What's the show coach? It's like the coach of a sports team. I can't even remember now. I feel like you for sure told me about this. Is this one of those weird shows you were obsessed with as a kid? I wasn't obsessed with this, but I definitely watched it a few times. Okay. I don't think it was on enough for me to become obsessed with. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know. He's also, do you know that Simpsons episode? It's the Halloween one uh, where they're taking the rocket out to space. And Bart and Homer get on the one that they think is another one, but they end up going straight to the sun. Yeah. He's the guy who's like, I'm a big guy. I could have forced them to watch it. Oh, yeah. okay. That guy. And I'll come back to this. <laughs> now we're a um, real podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he gets, he's like, what, do we really have to listen to this? And the warden's like, uh, well, 
And then he's like, you guys uh, come ride this mechanical bull. And Gene Wilder's like, oh, that looks like fun. Sure. And he gets on it. And they're like, you're on backwards. So he turns around and they're like, no, you're on the wrong side of the bull. He's like, oh, I thought. And he like climbs over. So he's facing the mechanical bull the right way. Mm. And gets on and there he's the warden's just like, it's just something we like to do every three months. You know, uh, not every three months, but you know, yearly we have a rodeo uh, against the other prisons. And so every after three months of you being here, we get you to go on this mechanical bull, see if anyone has any aptitude for it. But the warden and the head guard know it's just going to like throw him off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Gene Wilder gets on and they put it on one. He's like, oh, this is fun. This is like the the roller coaster or whatever on Coney Island. And the guard is obviously like, what's happening? And so the warden's like, put, put him up to two. So they go two and he gets a little faster. And he's like, oh, it's fun. And it's like he's having, Gene Wilder's having a really good time on the bull. <laughs> and the warden and the head guard are just like, how is this happening? And they're like turning it up. <laughs> he rides it on a six, which is the highest it can go. And oh he my. does fine. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is our rodeo guy. And so they try to recruit him for the rodeo. Not right then. But you know it's going to happen. But Gene Wilder finds out from his other friends that it's essentially just a scab position. You don't get any of the money. Like, the warden makes a ton of money off of it. And rarely do they see anything. And what, the one guy's like, well, I'm exaggerating a little. Two years ago, we got new ping pong balls. So he's like, oh, well, you know, no problem. I won't do it. And they're like, no, no, no. You have to do it. But you have to not say yes right away because you need leverage and you need to make us your crew and then once we're settled in as the crew we're going to escape during the rodeo excellent (laughs) very good yeah so the uh the warden and the head guard come over and they're like hey we want you to do this and he's like oh no did i not mention what was it my mother was a vegan veterinarian i can't take part (laughs) in this and (laughs) pretends to have a conversation with his (laughs) <laughs> dead, dead ghost mom. mom. <laughs> and he's like, well, we'll talk about this in my cell. And then he looks at them and he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> walks off. <laughs> but because he says no, they decide to start getting up at like 4 a.m. Him and Richard Pryor. 4 a.m. to start doing like yard duty. Yeah. Did they think that these prison guards would just start doting on them and giving them what they asked for? No, like, everyone else knew, but I don't think Gene Wilder had to. Well, no, I think they all knew, um, but they weren't sure what was going to happen. But, yeah, they're getting up, and they're working, and someone's coming by with, like, a water bucket, and people are drinking, and Gene Wilder's like, oh, no, thanks. And uh, they go over to Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor's trying to drink, but the ladle has a bunch of holes in it. Oh. And it's just him trying to get water for a while, and I'm like... (laughs) Come on, guy, put your hand under the holes. <laughs> <laughs> Tip the bucket into your mouth. Like <laughs> That would be funny. Yeah. It's like it's funny slapstick way, but I'm like, I don't like it when people are really thirsty and they don't get water. <laughs> and they come back. I'm too to- sensitive for slapstick. Yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh they come back to their room and Gene Wilder's doing the karate stuff again, sits on his bed and starts making vaguely some yeah, some Asian language mm. noises. And he's sitting on his bed, like, legs crossed or whatever, and the guards are, like, looking at him weird. And then they start walking away, and once they're a little ways away, Gene Wilder, like, lies down. He's like, they're trying to kill me! And he's screaming, and Richard Pryor's, like, starting to make the noises for him, because he's like, they can hear 
<laughs> and he's making these noises and he starts going, they're coming back. <laughs> and so Gene Wilder sits back up and resumes his noises. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the first thing they do. Oh, they put Gene Wilder in solitary for a bit in those weird little boxes. And they're like, he's in there for like three days or whatever. And they open the door and Gene Wilder, they like, try to call to get him out. And he comes to the door. He's like, please, just one more day. I was so close to finding myself. This is really funny, and I love that it's in this tradition of, like, um, the Xi Jinping movies where it's just boys having fun despite authority. Yeah. Uh, but the words three days in solitary gives me hives. Like, that's the yeah. most horrific thing I can fucking think of. Well, it's also, like, not like Orange is the New Black where you get a room roughly the size of the room we're in now. Mm. Solitary there is a box that you can't stand up in. Mm. You can't stretch out in. Solitary here is a box with a light always on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in no way am I saying yeah, no, I solitary is good anywhere. But I'm like, if I was stuck in a box and I couldn't stand up. Yeah. Horrifying. I, I guess you just poop your pants and have to sit in it. I don't know. Anyway, we've def- we've gotten slightly more humane in our torture, I guess. Mm. Anyway, he liked that. And as he's coming back to the room... They've moved the kingpin in there with them. And oh, oh dear. Yeah, Richard Pryor and is not caring for it <laughs> much. I think the king he has some real bad like social cues and I think he's just like a um a shy, anxious person. So he doesn't kingpin? really Yeah, he doesn't really That's know fun. how to act around people. Um but so the guards leave them there and they're like, Have fun. And the kingpin's like, Do you guys want to play Uno? Pretty much. They come back the next day and they're all playing cards on the floor and Kingpin goes to put something down. Richard Pryor's like, you can't put that down. That's just something. And he's like, what is this? And grabs like a card out of his sock. <laughs> and he's like, you're cheating. And he throws it down and they're laughing. And Gene Wilder's like, what is this? And he grabs like a card out of uh, Richard Pryor's like boxers. And he's like, you think you're calling it? <laughs> just like having a good fun time. And the guards are like, What? <laughs> So they made friends with him. Okay, that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, how close you got? So you asked him yeah. if you want to play Uno? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so. We're developing a very special skill that is useless everywhere but this podcast. <laughs> Predicting what happens next to the movie. Predicting a specific gag in yes. an old movie. <laughs> I bet I could write an old movie now. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what they decided to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that is the last the last thing before Gene Wilder's like finally like, okay, I'll do it, but I want to be able to pick my own crew. The warden was sort of like, eh, I have a feeling something might be up. So I was like, yeah, sure. Pick your crew. Oh, and he's like, and I want a room, like a bigger room. And they give him both. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he tells the main guard, he's like, just uh, get your guards to watch them all very closely. Like, okay, I will. And then I don't know if this is the next scene or what, but they're in this bigger room and the gay fellow is winding some yarn, which is cute. And uh Gene Kelly's singing and playing the guitar, which I'm like, okay. I see you you very much upgraded. And uh then he sort of stops, and I don't recognize the song, so I don't know if Kingpin continues on or starts singing another song, but Kingpin starts singing, and he's got a beautiful singing voice. Aww. And so 
I don't know. They're continuing on their plan. Everything's going in motion. There's a montage of them making the stuff they need to make, figuring out plans and shit. Uh, Kingpin is helping now, too, as you may have guessed from him being in the room with them. Mm -hmm. So I think they do that montage and they're making like special spurs that fit together that I didn't get at the time. But now apparently they became like a hatchet, not hatchet, um, ratchet. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, does it sound anything like hatchet? (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah. And they're just getting ready for the rodeo. Also, there's another inmate who... The main guard really wanted to be riding in the rodeo because he thought he was better at it or something. Like, he just liked this guy better for some reason. Okay. And you find out that he's a tough guy and he gets people beaten up and stuff earlier on. Um, But this guy had, like, a knee injury and the warden's like, he's got a knee injury. I don't care for that. And the guard's like, no, he'll be fine by the time it's rodeo time. And it's like, I don't understand why he wants this guy to go instead of. Gene Wilder. Mm. Anyway, he doesn't get to go, but this guy's also kind of annoyed by it. Okay. Because he's like, I should be riding the bull in the horse seat. I want to be the clown for the prison rodeo. No, that's Richard Pryor. Is he the clown? He does become a clown and like he gets, one of their friends is sort of explaining to him what he's got to do. He's like, well, I'm just a clown. I don't need to do this. He's like, no, no, no. The clown has the most dangerous job in the world. Yeah. And what I, think, I understand, it's a lot of running away from... Well, it's attracting a bull to you and then running away from the bull. And then jumping in a barrel. Or jumping over the side of a fence. Yeah. Probably do yeah. Trying I to don't get, know why my image of a rodeo clown is always jumping in a barrel. In this, they're throwing the... They're, like, getting the bull to come over to the barrel. So the bull will attack the barrel and then they run the other way sort of thing. Okay, there is a barrel involved, though? Yeah. Okay. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, I think it's just like the bull wants to hit something. You're like, hit, the, hit me, hit me. Oh, you hit a barrel. Oh, it's yeah, awesome. stupid animal. Yeah. Um, also, just to interject, can we stop having the Calgary Stampede? Leave bulls alone. Leave bulls alone and leave horses alone. Like there was that race and some guy got banned because he ended up, he made a mistake and it like essentially killed three horses. The and fuck? I'm like, yeah, he, they were doing like a cart race or something like that. So each team has like several horses pulling them. Yeah. And he cut ahead of a racer thinking he had more space than he did. And it ended up sending two racers like careening into each other. And both these horses like broke their leg or three horses broke their legs, something like that and had to be put down. And I'm like, if that's a possibility, that seems like, it seems like at least one dies every year. I'm like, this isn't a thing that should exist anymore. No. Sports are dumb as shit. In general, but these sports that are just like, we're going to just risk animals' lives and human lives sometimes yeah, for funsies, go to hell. Yeah, well, and like this, they say the the thing in there being like, like the people who get to participate, it's like, well, they're not just looking for the best person, they're also looking for safety records. And I'm like, so? Like, yeah. there's still a really good chance a horse will die? Like, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to take that risk. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to do you got that out. Because every time yeah. you've said rodeo, it's popped into my head that, hey, we should probably yell about rodeos. Yeah. Like, I... They're a powerful platform. Mm-hmm. We yeah. <laughs> um, like, I don't really care about, like, show competitions or, like, a competition where you're just like, look how good my horse is. I'm like, you know, maybe you shouldn't. I'm not say Like, this isn't the stance I'm taking on those. I'm taking a stance on specifically... The racing and the fighting. Yeah. Like, how are we still bullfighting? Like, no, how is that? No a, one knows. How is that a thing we still accept? Also, 
We have the power. We have the technology for robot bulls. Yeah. Robot bulls. <laughs> yeah. Robot rodeo from now on. That yeah. one's fine. I don't know. You just don't have to harm animals for entertainment. No. I feel like controversial that. statement. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I saw that. I was reading that article. I'm like, this is shitty. Why would, like, just, yeah, the fact that if a horse breaks its leg, it's pretty much you have to put it down. It's not going to heal properly. Mm. It's like, then don't take a risk. Yeah. Don't take a risk that high. I'm going to say, I think you can have horses and you can probably ride horses without it being like a huge issue if you're taking care of everything and the horse has like space and freedom and shit. But like, don't, don't race it. Yeah. When you know there's a good chance you're going to have to kill it and don't make his whole life racing. Maybe that's not what it wants to do. Maybe it wants to be a doctor. <laughs> Horse doctor. Horse doctor. We've never given them the chance. Anyway, let's skip rodeo starting. Oh, no. Before the rodeo starts, uh, Gene Wilder's like, well, I just want to get on one of the horses to see what it's going to be like. And, like, was riding it for a bit and got bucked off. And Kingpin, like, runs up and picks him Aww. up like bridal silicon. And he's like, oh, you know, it's okay. I just wanted to see what it was like getting bucked off. He's like, I'm totally fine. No worries, you can, you can put me down, but you can tell he's distressed. Aww, King King yeah. Uh Rodeo starts. This is my favorite Marvel movie, by the way. So far, very good. Mm-hmm. Could be less racist. Rodeo starts. Gene Wilder does very well in the bunking bunking bucking bucking bronco category. So as he's riding, like this is the plan to escape. So they take off the spurs when he gets down there and start unscrewing these two floorboards so they can like slide under. Not floorboards, side of the building boards. Uh, as he's doing that, both Richard Pryor, who is one of the rodeo clowns, and the gay fellow, who is also a rodeo clown, wish I'd remembered their names, <laughs> <laughs> sneak out and sort of start making their way to escaping. And they do it in a couple different ways, but they both like they're both making it easier for the next people to get out, sort of thing, because mm-hmm. they they're going to have the most time to do it. And I love this like theme of solidarity throughout by the way that's it's really good. fun you're also finding out um there's been a couple visits with for some reason just gene wilder and the lawyers and they're like trying to find a way for them to get out mm. and you find out as this is happening they find the people who actually robbed the bank which are actually the two people the two cowboys that gene wilder tried <gasps> to play with earlier okay yeah <laughs> and so the lawyers are like essentially gene wilder richard Pryor, free now um, that's not a thing that actually happens. I don't feel it. You still have to go through a weird trial and thing. You're not free just right away. Yeah. But um, so the lawyers are trying to rush there because they know Gene Wilder is in the rodeo and like you could die in a rodeo. So they're <laughs> like, let's get there and tell them they can just walk right out. I feel since we're talking about a fictional rodeo, but it's also about fictional prison- prisoners being coerced into participating in this ro- rodeo. Yeah. In addition to leave animals alone, uh, leave people in prison alone. Stop forcing them to put out your fires or make your fucking enamel pins. Eat shit. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I don't know who we're talking to every time we do this, but I just, <laughs> I feel like we, we just want to make sure you don't think we condone this. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> but, like, prison is a bad concept. I understand why it exists in some, like, I understand why it was made, but I don't think it should have been. I think there's different things we could have done. 
But it doesn't help anyone aside from people who already have a ton of money because they make businesses and they get cheap prison labor. Yeah. And which is like, why it was fucking made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was made it was made for the whole legal slavery <laughs> that yeah, most people who are in prison barely, well, most people who are in prison would have benefited much more from having just more money in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> more opportunity. I would say almost all just needed help when they weren't able to get it. Yeah. And then they did something, and then we were like, oh, well, now you got to go in the bad place. No one gets reformed in prison. Mm-mm. I will, Let's say there's a very small percentage of people who can actually go there and then get a, somehow a better life, but nobody will hire you if, you've been, if you're a convicted felon. Prisons are bad. I guess, yeah, what I'm trying to say is it's bad. Hot take <laughs> on, I forgot, the podcast. Prisons? Yeah. Mm, no, we don't care for them. Don't care for them. Yeah, so... Two people have escaped. Uh, then they're going into the bull riding competition. And Gene Wilder does good again. But when they're about to release the bull, the jealous guard, the jealous inmate who wanted to be riding the bull comes and puts a padlock on it. And so the bull can't get out. And it's just like bucking and being really angry. But Gene Wilder's already on it. So they can't really like take him off. Mm. And so they're like, he's going to die in there like that bull's just gonna knock him off and stomp on him yeah and so kingpin runs over pulls the lock off with his bare hands and sets the bull free (laughs) oh it's so good to have a big friend (laughs) yeah kingpin is also like instrumental in everyone getting out by the way and he doesn't escape himself which makes me think maybe he did murder a bunch of people and everyone agreed including him that it's like maybe better he didn't go murder more here yeah because apparently he murdered like his family and then he went to a different like prison or something and murdered people there and now he's here and they're like he hasn't murdered anyone here yet i don't know how much that has to do with setting maybe he just had some personal growth no i know i don't know he's afraid of his murder relapse okay i'm i'm thinking that might be it and again i don't condone prisons but in this particular case, I feel like it probably was the best idea for everyone involved for him to be like, I'll just stay. <laughs> I'll just stay and not murder, hopefully. <laughs> and so that goes well. The other fellow escapes. Oh, uh, so so I want to say Richard Pryor escapes and he goes through all these tunnels and stuff. It comes to like this vent that you can see outside. And this woman who is, I want to say this guy's name is Jose, and I'm pretty sure it is because it also says that on the side of the peanut truck. Okay. So she comes, uh, the other prisoner who's helping them, we couldn't remember his name. Okay. She comes and parks the truck in front, like the little peanut vendor thing in front of there and like opens the door on the side. And so Richard Pryor takes off the vent, goes into the car, into the cart, puts the vent back on, and then they wheel it over to a trailer and he sneaks out into the trailer, like a, like a live-in trailer type thing, mm. you know, like a travel trailer. Yeah. There we go. Puts on a disguise and then she goes in and puts on a disguise and then they both go into the rodeo, like into the rodeo, and they go into the bathroom stalls. And then Jose's brother gets out of the truck, out of the yeah truck that's carrying the trailer, takes a peanut thing, and goes back to where they were. Oh, yeah. and so they both go into the bathrooms, wait until everyone's gone, lock the door, and then um, Jose comes down into the men's bathroom, and the gay fellow comes down into the women's bathroom, and they both put on their disguises. And then they all just leave. <laughs> they all just delightful. Leave. Yeah, I can't remember if they go to the stands briefly to like watch 
some of it happening because Gene Wilder's still there and he's the last one. The whole bull riding thing ended in a tie. And the Gene Wilder's warden's like, I was prepared for this and calls up whatever. And so what they do is they take $50,000 cash, tie it to the bull's horns, and then they're like, we're going to release this angry bull. Whoever gets the money first, that's the team that wins. Oh, cool. So yeah. they were like, what's the most ghoulish thing we could do at this prisoner rodeo? Yeah. Okay. Also, instead of like splitting it, which would have been fine. So Gene Wilder's talking to the other inmate uh, from the other prison. And he's like, oh, yeah. So I heard your prison, your warden is actually pretty cool. Is that good? And he's like, he's a dick. And he's like, really? Well, I've heard I've been listening to the wrong things or something like that. He's like, ours is too. And he's like, I also heard that you're a brown noser. Is that also incorrect? He's like, oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And Gene Wilder is like, I meant nothing by it. I'm a brown noser as well or else I wouldn't have been here. He's like, what do you think? Like, we're the ones risking our lives. Prisoners get none of the money from here. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to distract the bull and you grab the money. You do with what you want with it. He's like, why would would you do that? He's like, I don't know care he's like i don't get the money like you can have it he's like you can take it you can do whatever you want you can throw it to the prisoners you can blah 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 (laughs) and so that's essentially what happens takes a little bit longer than that but yeah like they're doing everything and then the guy grabs the money and gets it and so everyone's cheering and standing up and paying attention to him and gene wilder leaves (laughs) (laughs) runs off into the peanut truck (laughs) does he throw it to the prisoners yeah Excellent. Yeah, and then he's like, you know what? And he does this, and then it creates more of a distraction. (laughs) And Gene Wilder's like, yes! (laughs) Um, They get out, they peel off, and they get to a, um, like, sort of a warehouse area where they've got uh, two cars waiting. And Jose is like, that one's for you. We're going in this one. So it's like Jose, his brother, his wife, they're going in one car, uh, Richard Pryor, and... Gene Wilder going in another car, and then I don't know where they dropped off the other guy. Who's the Who's the other guy? There's a gay guy. Okay, who's now dressed like a full dress and makeup and stuff, and kisses Richard Pryor before he leaves. And Richard Pryor, after he's gone, he's like, "He kissed me," and you can tell he's grossed out. And I'm like, "Whatever." You were checking him out earlier when he was in his dress, so don't care for that gag. <laughs> no, it's the whole way through, and you're like, this is uncomfortable, but also just accept. Yeah, this is the only way they knew how to reckon with yeah a gay character in the eighties. But also, it's like Richard Pryor and Gene uh, Wilder are definitely a couple the whole way through. Yeah, the whole way. Th- anyway, yeah. So they start. Uh, Jose and his crew drive off, and the other two, the main guys, are in their car and. They're not in the car yet, but they see a car, like, coming, and they're like, let's let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And they get, and then they start peeling away, but they pass the other car, and he sees that it's their lawyers, and he's been hitting on their main lawyer that got them in prison accidentally. (laughs) Whoops. Well, he didn't want to, but he didn't figure it out properly or whatever. I think it was also just circumstance. But his cousin came, and his cousin was helping, and she figured out all this other stuff. She also worked part-time in a nudie bar because she knew... I forget what it was, but it's like guys with tattoos hang out there. So I'll be checking out tattoos. Um, So you see boobies in this movie is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) Did you treat that after this one or after a different one? Does every movie in the 80s have boobies in it? I think after a different one. But again, boobies again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So she, that's where she sees the tattoo guy when we see the boobies. And 
she calls the lawyer and they go and they figure it out. So they're racing to try and tell Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder that they're free now. And so they eventually stop, uh, Gene and Richard stop and they're like, what, what's up? And they're like, hey, we found the guys who actually committed the crime. So you're free. You're free to go. And they're like, well, what? (laughs) (laughs) We just escaped from prison, which I'm sure has no consequences. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So they're like, oh, that's cool. And then they go to get in the car to drive off. And Gene Wilder goes out the window. and He's like, hey, are you still coming to my opening night? Because he invited her there Mm. before. And she's like, oh, am I still invited? And he's like, of course, how many times do I have to ask you? Yeah. <laughs> and so she runs over and gets in the car with them. But Oh, cute. It's kind of cute, but it's also like there was no real chemistry between them. It was just sort of forced. Oh, are they supposed to be a couple now? I thought it yeah. was just like. No, no, he's friends. been oh. hitting on her. <sighs> but that is the end of the movie. They drive off. Delightful. Yeah. I feel like it was a really well done escape movie mm. i wanted to say heist but i guess not really a heist it's a people heist yeah they heisted themselves yeah at one point i thought uh the plan was to also take the money but i guess that wouldn't be a good idea i guess <laughs> but dream big yeah but yeah it's pretty good good do you have any more facts you want to sprinkle in there um i think i only had one the original yeah. draft of this movie was about gene I wanted to say Gene Kelly this time. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor um, as cops. And they're actually going undercover in a bird prison to find a murderous canary. I can see why they changed it. Yeah. But that makes more sense with the bird costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you guys should really go look up the dance, the bird costume, the bird costumes and the song and dance they do because it's (laughs) good. I, I say... You should probably watch this movie if you can take a little bit of the, a decent amount of racism and more, even more sexism. Right? The sexism well, just even a in, sprinkling of homophobia. Well, yeah. But also prisoner solidarity. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, I also liked how, um, like, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, they, like, they obviously had a better chance at an appeal than anyone else. And they were still like, yeah, let's just escape with everyone. We're not going to leave them behind. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty good. good. Yes, uh, give it a watch if you want. Again, there are some unsavory bits to it, but it's like an entertaining enough movie. It sounded fun. Yeah, it sounded like it should not have been two hours. Oh, no. it like And it's like, I don't know what, like you would have to cut more of the montage scenes, but it, like it. Didn't really feel like it was dragging, but it definitely felt like I had watched this for enough, <laughs> for long enough. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to say the booby scene when you first, because it's in a strip club. When you first see a booby, it's like coming down from the top, and it's <laughs> it's coming down from the top, and it's like just like a U. Oh yeah, <laughs> shape yeah, yeah, yeah. With like a huge, like uh, just a huge flat nipple. It's just so funny to me. I don't know why. I don't know why it was like. Why are you showing this just lone? boob come down from the top yeah. really big. Is it supposed to be comedic? Is it like playing with the, we're in a nudie bar so you expect to see like perky I don't think it's titties. meant to be funny oh. because the rest of it's all like very much like here you go <laughs> boobies it was just a choice they made All right, that I approve of <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's one done Yeah. When it, how long do we have this movie? Uh, This room, another seven minutes? Oh, shit. Bye. Bye.
We didn't do a whiner, great, but... That's fine. <laughs> we have to leave in the end. Yeah. <laughs>